When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? We're here with our boy Jay at Four Mile Brewing down in Olean, and we are fired up. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot to discuss. We've already been here for an hour, and it's been fantastic. Hey, I'm really glad you guys <laughs> brought me on the show. I'm honored to be on the show. I think Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Thanks for coming down from Buffalo. Yeah. So you want to tell everybody where we are right now? We are in Olean, New York. Uh, most of you guys probably have no clue where Olean, New York is. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of nowhere, but... Uh, technically, we're in the Enchanted Mountains. Okay. Uh, so if you notice, uh, we've got beautiful landscape. We're right here uh, at the, uh, where Four Mile Brewing is located, right on the banks of the Allegheny River. And uh, our name, Four Mile Brewing, kind of came from from the, the river itself. So. Oh, okay. Is it because the river is four miles long or because Olean is taking up four miles of the river like what's the correlation so pre-erie canal the only uh the allegheny river was used to uh ship lumber up to pittsburgh and the mile markers were uh, placed on on the river to, to uh, reference different points so right on the corner of where the brewery is located uh, olean creek runs into the allegheny river and it became the actual measuring point for uh, all the mile marker roads now, to bring oh, it back into our name, Four Mile Brewing, we started brewing in a basement on the Four Mile Road, so it's kind of unique that, that that those pieces fell together for us. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all, yeah, so you started brewing not here. No. What, what is your past like, and what kind of led you to starting your own brewery? So my personal past is uh, I, we started, I was big into craft beer before it was really super trendy. And uh, I used to manage a bar called Breadsticks, and it was, a, it was a great little spot. Food was fantastic. And one of the big uh, draws was 20, there was 22 taps. So we were the first place in town to actually have craft beer, and there was 16 craft beer lines in there. And you're talking, as I date myself, like 15, <laughs> eight, 15 16 years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's awesome. And that was in town? That was in town, yeah. It was. Uh, I loved the owners, loved the, loved the spot. It was like it was the hot spot in Olean. Right. So, how many bars are actually in Olean? Do you know, like? Oh uh, boy, I don't know the actual number. Yeah, ballpark. There's, if you count restaurants and, and bars together, or just bars by themselves. Uh, you guys do food here too, right? Right. Yeah. Food. So, like restaurants and bars together. You're. Without me counting, I would probably say there's probably about eighteen to twenty. Okay. It's a good number, though. Yeah. Yeah. So from the first spot with 22 tabs, then what happened? So from there, uh, that restaurant ended up closing for different reasons, and I ended up going to another bar working there. 
Um, and I just kind of always been in the bar business. Uh, prior to working there, I was in the bar business. So, but that's where I started hanging out with uh, my partner then, and we started brewing in his basement. So, you know, I was into craft beer, drinking it, and then, you know, him and I started hanging out and doing like a, a craft beer review. We'd all we'd go out and collect different beers from nice. all over the place, and we'd just go sit on his porch and drink beer, and then. You know, the dream became, man, one day it would be, be cool to open our own place and have a, have a place right here in Olean where we're actually making the beer. So uh, that, that all birthed from that idea. And then he was a home brewer already. And then I just started home brewing with him and then met some other people in the home brewing area. That's nice. kick-ass. So as everybody can see now, we're inside the, the brewing area of your entire operation. So it went from drinking beer on the porch and then brewing in the basement to this. So we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, so jumping to May, 2015, you guys officially open, right? But it took two years because the brewery was originally a brewery back in the day with Olean Brewing Co, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, but before you guys took over the building that we're in, it was a kitchen and bath center. So what was it like transforming the space to what we see today? Well, actually when we had bought the building, it was, uh, completely vacant for at least five years. Oh, okay. So when we came in, when we came in here, it was all you know. There was there was nothing. There was blown in insulation. There was uh, drop ceilings. There was displays <laughs> on the wall. There was dead mice. You know, all the good stuff. <laughs> sure. And um, trying to visualize what the space was going to look like was pretty interesting because all this beautiful brick that we have in the building was all covered up. It was underneath because oh, yeah. they they had kitchen displays and stuff up. So. That was that was unique, and it was uh, other people that have better uh, foresight than myself uh, envision things, and it took it took me a little bit of time <laughs> to get there. Sure, <laughs> I like that. So basically, coming from taking off all the plaster on the walls and then digging into the roots, what history pieces did you start to uncover from the original brewery? Well, we didn't really find a lot of history in the inside the building itself. Okay. Um, we we ended up finding from the community because uh, once once people kind of got an idea of what we were putting together here, uh, we had some people that kind of came out in the community. We had a local gentleman donate a, a brewing tray that was an original brewing tray from Olean Brewing Company. My other business partner, Nick, he's uh, scoured the internet and found all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've got you know. We found, he found an invoice from 1913 where somebody bought two dozen pints for a buck. Wow. Uh, it's got a you know a receipt, and we, he's got a bo- you know a bottle opener, and it's now a frame piece on our wall. Uh, we've got uh, bottles. We have um, a whole bunch of other paraphernalia. Now, oh, brewing glasses as well, and okay. then outside of Olean Brewing itself, like the, Olean had a rich history in brewing besides just Olean Brewing. There was another brewery that was here called Dodderwick Brewing Company. So they were actually the first brewery in the city itself. And that brewery, uh, we were able to get more information on because they, there was, uh, you know, they were around for a longer period of time. It changed hands a couple times. It actually sold and eventually became Empire Brewing. So we have a ton of stuff wow. from them. We've got pre-prohibition beer boxes, trays, got some cool glassware from them. Got it. Do you have any of that on display inside? We have a lot of that on display nice. inside. In fact, a cool little backstory on that is when they, that, that brewery was on Henley Street, when they tore that brewery down, my other business partner, which is our head brewer and the mastermind behind all the beer, Craig Clark, his family reclaimed some of those bricks and built 
their house with it. What? So maybe, you know, it's just fate that Craig was meant to be a brewer. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, seriously. It is awesome. That's a wild idea. So speaking of that, so it's uh, who makes up like the the pillars of the operation. So you, you yourself are VP of sales, correct? Yep. I, I'm out there in the, in the market. I do all of our outside sales. Uh, I do a lot of, I wear a lot of hats, I guess you could say. I was, right. I was here kegging yesterday and, you know, sometimes I'm cleaning kegs, uh, loading orders, uh, do the planning for production and then, you know, collaborate with Craig on recipes. Okay. So then Craig's the master brewer, Craig's the master brewer. I just come up with some ideas that, you know, hey, this wouldn't this be a cool idea? And then he actually comes up with the recipe. I don't actually come up with the recipe. <laughs> Got it. But Craig is a fantastic brewer. He uh, pays attention to detail. One of the things that makes him so fantastic is he is able to do the same thing time in and time out the same way and adhere the same kind of attention to, to the smallest detail. And it's an it's amazing quality that he has. And I, I I wish I had more of it in me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we all do, honestly. And so, then who's the other partner? So my other partner, Nick, he is a CPA by trade. So he's, you know, we keep him in the basement locked away from people because, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to see him. No, I'm just kidding. That's like Love me. It. That's like me. <laughs> yeah, that's no, he's great. Uh, he, he's actually really good with people. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, it's not weird. <laughs> well, he's great with numbers and great with uh, planning. Uh, uh, you know, he, he's got... We all, have, we all have separate traits that kind of together make us a, a great partnership. And uh, his ability to uh, go after grants and different things that we were able to get along the way and continually get, um, is it's amazing achievement, you know, the, the things that he can do. And then obviously his business uh, for planning, you know, numbers and everything yeah. else that we got to do that I don't, you know, hey, I just want to make more beer and sell it. Right, yeah. right. When you first started this, was the objective to brew beer to sell in-house? Like, did you ever have the aspirations of outsourcing, which we can talk about that you currently are doing now, but was that, a, a, like, the first idea that you wanted, or did you want to keep it here? Uh, no, from the very beginning of opening this brewery, we wanted to sell our product to bars and restaurants and, you know, eventually package the products and get it across across the state and mm-hmm. in, in, in our area. We wanted to become a production brewery. That was kind of our uh, objective from the start. Nice. Now, speaking on that, um, Wegmans, Tops, NOCO are either already currently stocking your beer on their shelves <laughs> and selling it or are going to. Um, does consumers in Erie County sell your beer? Oh, yeah. Consumers has been uh, very supportive of us from day one. In fact, I usually meet with John List and our uh, distributor like at least once or twice a year. Uh, I can't say enough good things about them. They've been fantastic in the whole process. Um, and they, they tend to support all the, the local brands, and they really care about the, the industry. Okay. Because there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast, obviously, from Buffalo. But I'm just trying to piece it all together because more questions than not that we get is – that was a great interview. Now where do we get it? Yeah. So right. I'm trying to key in on, on answering those questions during the interview so everybody can immediately leave the interview, go buy it, and then finish the interview while enjoying your product. Yeah, absolutely. Consumer beverage. You've got Wagmans. You've got 7-Elevens and Nocos. We also have uh, Dashes, which is fantastic. We're oh, in nice. there. Okay. Uh, another good quality local company. Yeah. Um, then there's a lot of independents that have us as well. So, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're in quite a bit of the locations are you in any bars on tap oh yeah we're in, in bar, we're in a lot of bars in in, in the buffalo nice. area well do you know any offhand just so people oh, can absolutely. Go grab um 
the Irishman in Williamsville, uh, they, they've been hugely supportive. Uh, Maria that, uh, that I deal with over there, she's fantastic, a great person. And uh, we've had Allegheny IPA on tap there for, if I could backtrack. So when we first started distributing in Buffalo, I started, um, I said, hey, we're going to start, uh, we want to start break, branching out and kind of leaving the brewery. And this is, if we go back in time here, this would be, uh, probably 2017, we started distributing in Buffalo. So my other partners were a little gun shy about, you know, getting out there. We just, I don't know if we can make enough beer because uh, Craig was uh, still working his other job. He was a full-time oh. maintenance person at bon, uh, St. Bonaventure. And then the other partner was uh, he, uh, the tax assessor in Olean. So they both had full-time jobs and they were basically only brewing on the weekends. Wow. You know, so we're, we're our production was pretty limited at that time. Well, you know, I was trying to push the envelope and, and press things out there a little bit. So <laughs> there was a lot of uh, frustration in the beginning about distributing in the, in the market. But anyways, long story short, as we started <laughs> distributing out there. Yeah, you win. <laughs> <laughs> so we started, you know, we said, hey, this is what we can do. This is the amount. They give me kind of a, a guideline, a number of where they think we can, what we can, what we can do. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like, I'll never forget this day, the, the day that I went to, the first day I went out there. And I had no clue what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I was confident, but also I'd never done outside sales sure. of any type. You know, never went and knocked on doors like cold calling uh, <laughs> in that manner. So I just kind of wrote down a few places that I thought would make sense to go to in, in the Buffalo area. And I ended up going to the Blue Monk. And I met Mike Schatzel. Nice. was one of the first people I met. And it was like coming up on Buffalo Beer Week for the first year. they uh, Like one of the first years they, they had it. So I met Mike Schatzel at, at the Blue Monk. Just happened to go in and ask if he's around. And he was great. He took a lot of time. You know, he, he took time out of his schedule, hung out with me, sampled him on some beer. And he said, hey, you know, I'll bring it in. We'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a feature night at Cole's for you um, during Buffalo Beer Week. So I did, we set up a tap takeover. Nice. And then the other spot was I was uh, friends with, uh, a lot of people know him in the industry, Duffy, uh, Matt Coppola. No. Well, he's, he used to work, work at um, Griffin on transit. Oh, okay. So I had met him in the past, and we kind of—he's like, "Hey, you know, when you when it's time, we'll we'll get you going in Buffalo." And so we, I set up another tap takeover at Griffin wow. uh, Brew Pub, which like so your my our, our our company's entrance into the Buffalo beer market is at Griffin Brew Pub and Coles. So I mean, what 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 else can you want? Right, right. exactly. Good right. for you. I mean, that's extremely aggressive. First of all, starting in 2015 and getting everything like, or starting to distribute in 2017. Like, did you have this whole setup here back when you first started? Like so, all these amounts of not everything? really. Yeah. Well, we had we had uh, we had th- uh, three fifteen barrel fermenting tanks and one fifteen barrel bright tank when we started. Okay, let's see. Yeah, that's correct. And then <sighs> after after being open for a little bit, we we were able to add on. So if you notice now, we have three fifteen still. We have mm-hmm. a fifteen barrel bright tank, and then we uh, we added two additional thirty barrel bright tanks, and then we have four thirties. Jeez. Very nice. Okay. Good for you. That's impressive going that quick. That's really awesome. Now we need more tanks. Yeah, really. <laughs> Which, yeah, so, so speaking of the the height of Olean Brewing Co. was doing 30,000 barrels annually. So for you guys now, um, 
the question that I have is essentially what's your max production for barrels that you could do currently? On our with our current uh, setup, we we're probably you know pushing this thing to the limit where Craig's pulling what Harry has left out. You're looking at about four thousand, probably close to four thousand barrels. Okay. Right around that number. That's wow. a solid number. We were, yeah. we were on pace this year pre-COVID uh, to be right around you know, probably 32 to 3,500. Okay. So we were getting pretty close to coming to the point where we needed to add some more tanks. Yeah. Wow. So what type of beers do you – like what is your staple beer that if somebody was to try your beer for the first time, this is something that they should totally go for because this is your best seller? Well, our number one selling beer from the day we opened the door – well, not from the day we opened the door, but – Pretty close to the day we opened the doors is our Allegheny IPA, okay. which pays homage to our region. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, cheers. This is not Allegheny IPA, this is but not. this is, this is uh, a lager. This is a new one that we have. <laughs> exactly. So Allegheny IPA, what made you come up with that? And obviously your, your head brewer created the recipe for that. Yeah, so this Allegheny IPA, we wanted a beer that kind of, that people, like if we, we took it outside of, you know, Western New York, and then went into Pennsylvania also that people could recognize the name and kind of associate it with an area, but not pigeonhole it to be too small that it would, you know, kind of lose lose little, sure. little on it. So we went with Allegheny IPA because we're on the banks of the river, and there's also the Allegheny National Forest. I think uh, Allegheny, the, the name is recognizable, whether you're in Buffalo, Rochester, or oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a recognizable name, and I thought it was a, a, a we all thought it was a great uh, stable, stable point for the for yeah. the name. It's interesting because Allegheny itself is obviously huge, but when you hear the name Allegheny, if you're in this area, you think it's local. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a local beer, even though Allegheny's huge, and it's not local to your specific spot, but you get that, and you see that, like, if you're from California or something, and you grew up in Buffalo, and you pick up something that says Allegheny, you're like, that's local to where I live. It's like, Absolutely. Not really, but kind of. So yeah, that, that's what we were gunning idea. for. Yeah. If you're in Pittsburgh, you're going, wow, that's local. I right? got your app, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's local for, like, three states. <laughs> right. Pretty <laughs> huge area. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was good marketing. That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah, it's the, it's the best broad stroke possible. It's like we're hitting local, but we're not. It's, it, everything's fine. I mean, it depends on what you de- define as local, right? I mean, we're, we're still sure. only two hours and 45 minutes from Pittsburgh. We're only 65 miles from Buffalo. Mm. We're maybe 85 miles from Rochester, depending on where you're at. I yeah. like to you know, lo- lower it less. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You know, drop a gear, disappear. <laughs> but like, what's cool about the beer is the liquid itself. I think even better than the name. So, so uh, is- my other partner, Craig, this was his baby. Uh, Allegheny IPA was. So when I met Craig, uh, we had already been talking about opening the brewery, and he was a home brewer that I became friends with. And I met him actually at Breadsticks at the Craft Beer Bar. And you know, we from having you know serving him drinks and talking, we ended up becoming friends, having some beers. He invited me over, showed me how he home brews. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. We got to get this guy on board at Four Mile. How how can we figure a way to get him on board? So he had been brewing IPAs for 25 years in his basement, way before you know trendy hipsters with man buns and uh, tight pants were. So (laughs) preach, (laughs) preach. Say it louder. (laughs) The good news is. So you're talking 25 years, and he had like a core recipe that he was constantly trying to perfect for his palate, mm-hmm. which I also happen to really love. So Allegheny IPA is the culmination of 25 years of Craig working in his basement to create what he wanted in an IPA, something that's super balanced, hop forward, aromatic, 
It has some bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I said bitterness. For anybody that doesn't know, <laughs> IPAs need bitterness. I feel like Craig was probably trying to figure out why he didn't meet you sooner because you basically show up and said, hey, man, I want you to do what you're doing, but I'm going to give you, like, commercial, professional equipment to do it on. What are your thoughts? I feel like you – how do you say no to that? You know uh, what I mean? Having Craig is like the biggest asset. I mean, without Craig, there there really is no four mile. You know, I right. think that's the the beauty of the whole thing. It's like every piece is a, a we're all pieces in a in a, a wheel or a cog mm-hmm. a cog in a wheel to the to the what is four mile. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, just in the area before we get to this new beer, because I do want to talk about this lager. This is fantastic. Yeah. Before we get to that, can you just also describe not only the building that you're in, but what you have around us? Because this is basically a compound here. You have these different buildings and hey, areas. Look, we're not, this isn't a D- David Crush compound. Just to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. True. <laughs> so you have an outdoor patio like area there. Do you host events or anything? Because this oh, is a huge absolutely. Area. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some clay bocce courts outside. We've got obviously you've seen the big pavilion. Our whole parking lot is licensed for consumption. And uh, we do it normally. We every year we have a annual beer fest that we do the third weekend in July. Okay. Unfortunately, this year due to you know our current situation, we cannot have the beer festival. Now I'm looking forward to having it again next year because mm-hmm. we've kind of made a name for ourselves for a beer beer festival. It's uh, it's unique, I think, to other beer festivals in a lot of ways. It's small and intimate, but uh, we really focused on making it a festival for breweries like for us to hang out sure so and, and consume some beers so do people bring like <laughs> do other breweries bring tents like what is it yeah so we usually uh, we'll bring in like 20 we, we have room for 25 vendors okay we'll we'll set up in the parking lot and you know we'll we'll have our beer event for three hours three to four hours we'll have a dj plan you know so outside i mean that's typical standard beer festival mm-hmm. fair well then after it's over we throw a giant party for the vendors and we provide mm-hmm. hotel rooms for them the ones that choose to stay and we do a huge bottle share and then we drink and we have a, a band, a band that, uh, live band that plays off the dock until 11 o'clock and we're out here just having a great time that's awesome uh, yeah that's not your average beer fest no and then after that's <laughs> over no you, <laughs> after that's over we usually orga- like I usually organize this strange beer uh, crawl uh, or a beer walk where we walk to some of the local establishments and usually by then people tend to be uh, having a lot of fun feeling good <laughs> so what form do we need to sign for the buffalo happy hour to be considered a vendor well we'll get you in for sure next year because there's been a lot of fun things that happen and i wouldn't yeah. want to call people out it's like what happens at the enchanted mountain beer festival <laughs> kind of stays at the enchanted mountain beer festival i that love is it awesome yeah that's a good time cool so getting back to the beer that we're having now we have the western new york lager this is a new one yes do you want to talk about the process of making this and also this jacked gentleman on the front of it well i would like to think <laughs> that this guy is a red-headed version of myself you know i mean my biceps you are obviously pipes just like that <laughs> in fact we're gonna do some kind of commercial at some point with this where i'm gonna wear a, a green flannel shirt and pretend like i'm actually <laughs> chopping wood absolutely yeah. We may grab a professional bodybuilder from Pittsburgh and bring him up. We may, we might, we may find out if Seth Rossi will come down here yeah. and just do this commercial for us. 
We'll tag him in it. I'm sure he'll be down. <laughs> I'm sure he will be. <laughs> so this is, uh, you know, we, we had been wanting to make a logger for quite a while. Wanted to do something different because anybody that is familiar with Four Mile is, you know, we've made a reputation for, uh, for ourselves as, uh, hey, that's, uh, that, that's breweries kind of known for making IPAs, and they make West Coast-style IPAs. So we haven't uh, kind of branched out into New England's very much. We, we focus on West Coast-style IPAs, and it's just kind of become our identity. So we, wa- I wanted to, we wanted to do a couple different things, and, and like I said, I was excited about making a lager. It took me a while to get Craig on board with making a lager, mm-hmm. but we got him on board. And, you know, he's so critical of his own work that he's like, man, I don't, it doesn't taste like anything. It doesn't taste like anything. I'm like, this is fantastic. It's super clean. It's mm-hmm. crisp. It's what you're looking for in a lager, I think, and what I'm looking for in a lager. And um, I think he did a fantastic job on it. Yeah, this has some flavors in it that I can't point out, but it's completely different from any other lager, though. It, it makes you want to keep drinking it because there's this flavor you're trying to pick out, but you just can't do it. It's got a little bit of a sour to it, yeah, but nothing extreme, and it's just extreme. It's light, super light. It's light Very for a lager, and it just kind of, I don't, yeah, you just don't want to stop. It's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, four percent too. We wanted to go with that low target uh, mark. I believe there is Saz hops in there, so it gives it a little bit of that citrus character that you're that you're there you go. finding See? in there. He yeah. knows what he's talking yeah. about. He's in sales. <laughs> <laughs> you sold me. I'll have another. <laughs> so with the lager, you have. Uh, this maple brown ale is staring me right in the face because I love maple. And then you have kill a beer. What type of, like, how many beers do you have available at all times that are available for, like, consumption? of? So we generally uh, normally have at least 12 beers, 12 to 15. Uh, yeah, about 12 beers is the answer. Sometimes we dip down to eight or nine, but usually we try to keep 12 beers in house. And then, you know, between cans, like this this Western New York lager is actually a canned only beer, so is the Maple Brown Ale. Okay. Uh, the rest of them in this package are both draft and cans. So we, we like to have a nice little mix of both. Do you do, like, special releases? I know that this is some sort of special release. This is a, a special release. In fact, it's just really kind of hitting the market. Our uh, local distributor, Sanzo Beverage, they cover five counties, um, our county, Cat County, Allegheny County. They also go up north. They, they do Orleans, Wyoming, and Genesee. So they oh, cover okay. Batavia and down that direction, uh, Medina. Um, they just picked up their load of Western York Lager. And I'm working on our distributor in Buffalo, uh, Right Beverage, which is going to be picking up product on Monday. So okay. they should be picking up the new product and getting it on shelves. Nice. So speaking of cans, in 2018, you guys pushed for state funding through a revitaliz- revitalization initiative to build a canning line. Um, in recent news, in the Buffalo news, you guys were awarded a grant. Can you just speak on that to touch on essentially the future because of covid um but what is going to entail with the grant so that we were we were awarded i believe it was four hundred and eleven thousand dollars, and it was um we were working on this we have another building that we're not in which is our back building and um we use it for that's where our, our uh, keg storage is we're building a barrel aging room we also uh rent out a portion of the building to a, a kayak and a canoe company cool. uh, allegheny adventures which they'll you know they'll pick you up and drop you off on different points in the river uh, with a kayak or a canoe That's sick. Um, so this building has been that building you know so we, when we got this building it was vacant for five years that building had been vacant for 
like probably 20 years. There's no plumbing. There's no light. There's which was part of the original Olean Brewing Company, right? Which right was now. actually the brewery for Olean Brewing. Oh, Company. okay. So you're talking. That's where the brewery was. This was the office building, and I believe it was part of their you know bottling operation where we're sitting right sure. now. So it shows how soft we are. They didn't even have bathrooms back then when they were brewing. They just worked 16 straight hours. Yeah, and they dealt with it. I guess. Because I'll tell you right now, it's, uh, there's, there's no light. There's nothing. There's, the light is from the, the windows that uh, aren't boarded up that, come, you know, that comes in there. So that's what, we've, that's what when we bought the building, that's how we, we, we encountered In fact, there was lots of beds that were stored in there from another place that had went out of business. So. Who knows what was in those? I don't even want to take it. It's probably haunted, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) No kidding. So now we're in the process. That Part of that money was to actually, we tripled our cooler space with that that money. And then we also are using, we had to put a new roof on that building, which was a very expensive endeavor. And you're talking about a ninth, it's almost 20,000 square foot building. So when you go to replace and put a flat roof on part of it, it also provide uh, presented some other interesting uh, problems like uh, the architect came in here and said well we're gonna have to do some shoring up of the building so we had to put run a bunch of steel trusses and uh, just for the load of snow on a flat roof spanning that kind of space yeah. so <laughs> yeah that's uh, interesting and then we've got a lot of point repointing that needs to be done on that building so we we're, it's, it's a slow process of resurrecting that building and then we've got a vision of what we want to do in that building that you know for our next step in nice in, which or at next evolution in yeah. the process which would essentially just be like a assembly canning line no is so that, the, is that like the big the big picture like 100 meter target or is that like like no the f- big picture would be that we would keep this 15 barrel brew house in here and it'd be more like a pilot system okay we would pie uh, we would move all of our fermenting tanks into that building and then pipe and do all the packaging over there but also have the ability to put in like a 60 to 100 barrel brew house if you know the, if we ever grew that big or 30 or 40 you know mm-hmm. what i mean uh an ability to grow in size okay which i'm sure you need it right now with everything going on and you like with how much you're distributing to other places you need to grow in size a little bit you're probably yeah we need, we're, right we're now, not right? quite ready for yeah. like using that building i mean we've got space here we can use i mean we've gone back and forth on a few different ideas as far as how we want to go about it but like you're talking on this wall to my left we're talking about you know possibly putting some more additional fermenting tanks over there and bright tanks and doing a couple things in that direction yeah wow so speaking of that building you have something brewing over there right with uh no pun intended yeah no pun intended nailed it uh (laughs) with some beer in some barrels right do you want to to talk about that or is that not public yet well no that's cool we (laughs) could talk about it but uh unfortunately nobody can drink it yet (laughs) uh, the bad part yeah (laughs) so like two years ago we made a barrel aged beer and we only did one barrel as our first kind of venture into that and then we've you know craig's done a lot of research on that well we decided to do uh go a little bit bigger so we've got uh right now we've got 10 woodford reserve barrels that are filled with russian imperial stout that'll be aging six to nine months over there and then they'll be getting doused with blackberries so i think it'll be a kind of a cool take on on a, a bourbon stout you know and adding those blackberries i think is going to add a, a different element to it absolutely so where is that going to be sold so that actually, uh, we'll be putting that in four-pack, twelve-ounce cans, and we'll be selling it in in the market. Now it'll be obviously be pretty limited because yeah. we're gonna probably keep a a, a stash here, <laughs> no doubt. 
I would doubt. absolutely. Yeah, why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, look at me. I need some. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we do too. <laughs> so when you brew a beer, how long can you keep it for before it gets bad? Do you know? Well, it depends on the style and the beer itself. Um, with since we make a lot of West Coast style IPAs, a lot of the like what we found is we, we the the life expectancy on those is uh, much longer than like a New England, for instance. You're talking, we can go about a hundred and we can push them to 150 days at max. Okay, but usually we we keep our IPAs our, our um, timelines at 120 days. Okay, but. There's been a few occasions where we I just wanted to see how they how far they would how how far they would be able to go, mm-hmm. and uh, you're talking 150 days on some of those. Now, wow. some of the lighter beers, we have 150 day timelines on them. Okay. So what is the 151st day? Is it like a noticeable difference where you're like this isn't even like sellable or like how how fast is it? It, it drop like after the 150th day. There's a there's a drop off. And I think it becomes a little more a little more of a steady drop off where I it becomes to the point where hey the beer still tastes good, but I don't want to just throw a beer out there to sell that just tastes good. I want it to it's got to live up to the quality right. uh, standards that we have in our in gotcha. our establishment. So if I like maybe the average person wouldn't even notice the drop off, but if we notice it, I don't want that means somebody else can notice it. Right. Sure, and I don't want to sell something. You know, I, first of all, when I go buy craft beer at the store and, and I'm buying somebody else's, I don't want to, I don't want a, in, like a product that doesn't taste like the way they want it. Mm-hmm. You know? They don't want me to drink it either that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good point. So it's not necessarily spoiled; it's just a quality. Standard. The quality starts dipping off. Yeah. You might lose some flavor profiles, and then you know, I, if it's an IPA, then they start getting that that stale hop kind of flavor. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely, which everyone hates because they all taste the same. <laughs> So we talked about the canning process and the, and the initial thoughts behind it. But what do you do for canning right now? These are stick-on labels, right? Oh, we that, have some printed can labels like our uh, Allegheny IPA oh, and our okay. Pale Ale, which is our that. year-round cans. Uh, those are printed labels. And then the other stuff that we're kind of, you know, we, we're, we're doing a seasonal line. And that's uh, the tw- in the 12-ounce. This is this kilo beer. Uh, that's a seasonal. So we're doing the stickers because we can't, you know, right now we're not, we can't justify buying. You got to buy, uh, you know, so many cans. Mm-hmm. And we can't justify based on, you know where we're at with it to, right. to buy more so we're, we're we're using the 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 labels for any of those beers that may be limited volume sure so when we first started too you said that you write down some stuff on the labels and for me the label is what draws me to a, a beer to buy you have especially on this killer beer it looks like a story yeah well, absolutely well, what's the process behind that because that sounds awesome so a killer beer <laughs> is a collaboration that we did with k-bar knives which is uh, I'm, I'm sure. Are you familiar with K Bar yep. knives? So you know oh, they. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love K Bar knives. Now they're owned by another company called Cutco, which makes badass kitchen knives. Oh. So yes. are you familiar with them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wasn't. Here's I how familiar that. I am. Oh my with god! Them. I've wow. Got, okay. Like, yep, a, you... I, I wish I could give you a story of this cool <laughs> knife fight, but no, it was me cutting myself. No, <laughs> it's it's the same story from K Bar where a gentleman killed a bear. With his knife, and it was a killer bear story, so they came up with K Bar. It's right. the same thing that would happen to you. Exactly. There I was went to wrestle a cat. Wow. Yeah, and this is what happened. Yeah. Jesus. So, how many stitches was that? Yeah, that was like, uh, I think it was 20 something stitches. Solid. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. How did you even do that? So, um, in my. <laughs> I had a, uh, a brain fart moment, and uh, it was uh, not my brightest moment in life. 
I'm trying to op- unpackage a, a Christmas toy for my nephew. And, you know, they make these toys that so you got to have a college degree to open them up. Uh, There's so much packaging on them. So I grabbed one of the serrated, like, steak knives that I have and, and just stupidly tried to, like, cut it open instead of using a pair of scissors. And it slipped off the thing, and my hand was out here, and it sliced right across. Jeez. I remember back when I used to work, I used to work at a grocery store, and they give you box cutters. You know, those safety box yeah. cutters that still don't do anything. And uh, I had a box on my, like, on my leg so I could cut the tape open. And it was a brand new blade. I cut it open and I just missed the important parts and sliced my jeans open right across my leg. It yeah, was, you missed that artery. Yeah, I didn't get my my actual leg or anything else, but it was scary. Sometimes you're just not thinking, right? And it yeah. just gets you so quick. If you got the femoral, you would have been gone in like 10, <laughs> six know. seconds. I would have bled out in a grocery store. What a yeah. terrible way to go! Now, you probably don't. Ma- you probably haven't made that mistake since, no, right? Like when you're holding not. the sharp object, right. now you're like, <laughs> you know, maybe I should think about things before I. Because yeah. I'm that way now when I cut. I'm like, all right, well, now i got to pay attention a little bit. Absolutely. So, so, <laughs> so naturally, to get over your fear, you go to K-Bar. Yep. <laughs> I wish it was that cool. <laughs> Just because I cut myself didn't make, you know, I didn't lose my love of knives. But, yes, uh, I, I was afraid of knives, so I had to go to K-Bar and get re- a re-education and, you know. <laughs> Solid. So, so, <laughs> so getting back to the beer, you collaborated with K Bar, and then what's the story behind that? Okay, label? so K Bar uh, is a local company, and we're all about, you know, I believe in a strong local synergy, and you know, a, with a like a business out like ours, like I want it to be a community-based business, and I want the community to be proud of what what we've done, and proud to say that Four Mile Brewing's from Olean. So when people say, "Hey, yeah, it's the home of Four Mile Brewing," hey, it's the home of uh, Cutco, you know what I mean? It's uh, I want that kind of feel to our name. Like we've, our city's had that kind of that kind of feel with Cutco. People will associate Olean with Cutco knives and K Bar knives, which is great. You know, it's a, it's a good positive image of our city. Mm-hmm. So I would like, you know, we we all want to have that same kind of image with Four Mile Brewing. So they, K Bar actually already does a collaboration with another brewery uh, in North Carolina, and you know the owners had approached us in the past and said, Hey, you know, we'd love to do a local, um, collaboration with, with you guys. And, you know, it took us a little time to be able to get to that point. And we, we, we started this process a little over a year ago. Okay. And, um, they kind of gave us an idea of what beer, what style of beer they were looking for. And we came up with, a a recipe and then they came up with the actual artwork they had uh, one of their in-house art designers came up with this and then we had to talk our way through ttb because they didn't understand why we want to put kill a beer on a label so we had to re-explain it because they rejected it originally so that was an interesting little piece but uh it's fine so it's fine <laughs> because they don't want to promote ben's drinking right so sure. they thought kill a beer was all about slamming beers slamming beers yeah, yeah. but and, instead it was about K-Bar Knives and killing a bear to save your own life. So. Right. It's a cool story on the side of the can. Uh, a hunter, in a, an Alaskan hunter, uh, w- shot a bear, and the wounded bear attacked him, and he ended up uh, killing the bear with a knife. And as a sign of appreciation for the knife saving his life, he sent the uh, uh, bear rug. He made a rug out, sent it to them along with a, an appreciation letter, and he, and he called it K-A-Bar. So it was only in cutlery at that time, and they thought it was cool enough that they adopted that as their name, and it became K-Bar. 
It's funny because as you were saying that, I'm staring at this thing, and you basically said it word for word. I'm very impressed with that. <laughs> that was a very good recollection on your end. So it's an it's an ale, right? It's a pale ale. It, so it's actually um, it, uh, we should probably have that next after mm-hmm. this lager. So it's a super light, easy drinking ale, and uh, it's actually technically a cream ale, but some people get kind of they don't understand what cream ales are. Yeah, because okay. they only think of Jenny Cream yeah. Ale, baby. Oh, right, but Jenny Cream <laughs> Ale is a great reference to the, to the style of beer i think i think people like it's it's so strange like i'll have people oh genesee cream ale i go oh <laughs> genesee cream ale what's wrong with this great beer like, it actually <laughs> represents the style right, yeah, it, right. it's like it, if, if you go to the gabf it wins awards for its style so it's it's a good representation <laughs> of the style but a lot of people don't even understand what a cream ale is they have no reference point to it they sure. just think they've seen their grandfather drinking it and because they're cool hipsters they don't want to drink it but now it's cool to drink it <laughs> <The> cool hipsters <laughs> i love that i think a lot of it too was the headache that you would get after pounding jenny cream ales all afternoon but that's at least what my family always said it and wasn't then, anything to do with the black house or the rumplemints <laughs> bottle that you killed in the process of that yeah. either it had nothing probably, to do with that probably not <laughs> probably not <laughs> please sense the sarcasm <laughs> so as you as you continue talking about this uh, K bar, have you done any other collaborations with other companies? Yeah, absolutely. So you you would point it out the Maple Brown Ale, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sprague's Maple uh, Maple Farms, which is just a couple to- uh, town over in Portville. Oh, okay. They, they make fantastic maple syrup, and they have this huge breakfast place. People come from all over to go eat and check their facility out. Is that what's up with the pancakes on your Instagram? Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> I saw pancakes. I got talking about it the whole ride down. I was like, they got they got beer for pancakes. I'm like, it's we're gonna get there at like 11 o'clock. You think we could do brunch? And then he's like trying not to leave the road, just calling me an idiot. He's like, can we just get there, please? That's sweet. So you you use their maple syrup. We use their maple syrup in that beer. It's a it's a nice brown ale. And, you know, the maple syrup bumps up the alcohol content on it. So, you know, it'd be five, you know, let's say if it'd be about five, six percent, and then bam, you throw that, that syrup in there and we jump her up to about seven and a half. Nice. So it's, like, it's got a great flavor, though. Uh, you get a lot, a lot of those chocolate, a little bit of smoke. Uh, the way that Craig uses the syrup in there, it doesn't leave like an overwhelming amount of uh, sweetness. Sure. So you get that nice maple aroma, you get the maple flavor, but it just doesn't linger, so it makes you want to have a little, another drink. You know? Why Absolutely. does why does the maple increase the alcohol percentage? So, you know, it's the sugar content, so that yeast is going to go in there and continue to eat through that sugar and convert it into alcohol. You know? Chemistry. Chemistry. Obviously, Science. that's why I didn't Science. understand it. Because <laughs> my IQ is like four, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> you know, and, and when you put it in a can like that, you want to make sure you ferment the sugars out because, you know, what, what, what happens if you don't? Oh, it'll keep growing, yeah. right? So it'll, it'll basically be a bomb? It'll be a bomb. Then you can explode the cans, you know? All right, now I'm getting excited. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I'm going to wow. check out this killer beer. I'm excited yeah. for this. Yeah. Kill a beer. Drink up, man. You're drinking so slow. It's like we're asking you to answer questions and stuff. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> At least it's fun. That's true. That's true. As he rolls his eyes. This is great, guys. <laughs> well, cheers to a kill a beer. Cheers, kill a beer. Cheers to a kill a beer. And K bar. And K a bar. Yeah, you want to be on an episode of Well, Fugio, cheers, dude. Oh, yeah, so I'll put cheers. you in contact with yeah, yeah. Um, Joel Bradley, is my contact over there, and I think he would love to be on the show. Oh, yeah. Awesome. He's also a great uh, radio personality and TV personality, so I think you, you'll, you'll get along. Perfect. Fine. Plus, he'll probably bring you gifts like cool knives. Dude, that'd be sick. I can't say no to that. Yeah, I know, really. Can we get that in writing? <laughs> I, I can't make any promises for them. Yeah. The, uh, is there sharpening 
warranty yeah. through. Where no, so if yes. You, if, you have a, if you own a K-Bar, then you can ship it to Olean, and then they will sharpen it and then send it back to you for free? Yes, they have a lifetime warranty on all their products. Boom. They stand by them. Ah. It's That's not one of those knives that can cut a penny, is it? You know those infomercials that used they to happen? Have those, like, oh, yeah, they have those. Yeah, they're scissors. <laughs> they, they're, they, they have these awesome scissors. Yeah, it's and a you sear. can cut through. Yeah, you can cut through. Now, technically, you're not supposed to cut through a penny, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just for like the legality portion, yeah. it's fine. Everything's you're fine. You're not legally allowed to stay to legal. Don't cut yeah. pennies, folks. <laughs> but you I don't can cut through a that. shoe if you want. Don't so. cancel us because you cut a penny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the yeah, I mean, Kbar obviously took off outside of Olean because they they basically were. Do they win contracts with the military, or how did that whole situation work? I'm not sure what their current standing is, but they did. Uh, they had the contract. They made the Marines uh, survival knife, which uh, it's a real badass knife that I have. I have one of them at my house. Nice. And I, I love. I love that thing. Yeah. Too, too bad we just can't carry it around, you know, all over the place. Uh, but I don't know if that goes well with beer sales. It's a <laughs> right. bottle opener, guys. Yeah, I it's promise. A definite, definite bottle opener. Sink, just stab in the can. Shotgun and beers on the road. No, nothing to see. Here. <laughs> that's awesome so speaking about your getting back to the brewery you do offer food right yeah so this is a multifunctional establishment you do food what type of food do you serve so our, our menu keeps evolving uh over time we we've got it's a it's simple menu flatbreads pizza uh, flatbread pizzas excuse me uh pretzels we do uh our Probably our most famous dish is, uh, is the South Olean nachos. So you're talking like a homemade pineapple sauce on there with sour cream. And then you got this apple smoked barbecue sauce that's made by another local business. And then uh, it's topped with um, pulled pork. Oh, wow. It's really good. That's and dangerous. then beer cheese. So, because you got to get all the beer cool cheese. stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. what? So, what is, be- is beer cheese chips. actually made with beer? Yes, it is made with beer. Do you make it in-house? Yep. It's oh, made, okay. all, everything's made in-house. What like type that. of beer do you use for your beer cheese? That's a secret, Bob. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I intentionally called you Bob just to... <laughs> I know your name's Derek, but I thought it was cool to say, that's a secret, Bob. That was good. I like that. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, no, that's fair. It's, that's fair. Uh, it's a light beer. Okay. So you're, you're looking at our pre-prohibition ale, which is pretty similar to this yeah. here. This is really good, too. This is very good. Your beers are dangerous, man. Yeah, they are. What's really nice are. about what the beauty about light beers and the, like these is, you know, you, you'll know if a beer is clean or not when you're drinking it. That's right. true. That's true. So, is there? Uh, I'm not super up and up on the process for beer, but is there like a filtration process where you basically pull everything out that you don't want in it? Or yeah, so our water uh, when we set in specs for our water uh, to kind of backtrack because I, I think this will answer your question is. We, we bought a, our brew house from Premier Stainless, and one of the reasons why we bought our, our brew house from them was they sent out an engineer, he helped set up the system, then he also brewed first couple batches with you, mm. and he's a brewmaster, and he's brewed from you know, all over the world. So he, he also took a look at our water specs, and he goes, dude, it's like, if I'm you guys, I'm not doing anything with my water, because it's like I'm in pills in Germany right now. Your water is so fantastic for what you're trying to brew. <laughs> So well, that's good. we don't really have to do a whole lot with our water. All we're really doing is we've got three carbon-activated filters down in the basement, which we're pulling out the fluoride and the chlorine. Now, fortunately for us, uh, where the water is, uh, if you, when we go outside, I'll show you where the water towers are. We're, we're pretty close to the source. So this is some of the least treated water in the whole city. So we don't, you know, that, that's perfect for what we need to do. We just got to pull out the chlorine and the fluoride. Was that coincidental or did you plan that? 
No, that was just coincidental. That is awesome. Dumb luck. <laughs> Dumb luck. Well, it probably Sometimes makes that's sense. the best luck. It probably makes sense why they were here in the first place for Oleum Brewing. Right. Right, right because of the water, yeah. right? Yeah. So the, the, there was two two breweries here. It's all water. And they were from Germany. So what's cool is like when you look at both of those breweries, they when they hired brewers, you know, these people, the they had a lineage of like your family brewing history, you know. So we probably wouldn't be allowed to brew beer because we didn't have a long, lengthy lineage of brewers. Sure. So the brewer that was <laughs> the brewmaster from Olean Brewing Company had a his, his family had a history of brewing that went back to you know like the 1600s. Like it's stupid, oh gosh. crazy. His name was Conrad Haberstumpf. Nice. Not German at all. Yeah, I would have guessed that. For definitely sure. not German. <laughs> But yeah, so that, that definitely makes sense. Conrad Hamperstump. Wow. Yeah, it's a history of <laughs> brewing for sure. So like, a cool thing, if you want another little weird history point on it, was that Dodderwick, which was the other brewery here, that, like I said, it was on Henley. Mm-hmm. Now, they have like two different spellings on their name, and the original spelling was like this E-I-C-H, and that part of the family, you know, they, they ended up selling a out to another part of the family that changed the name and some of that family is still around in, in the area okay I and mean, we've tried to contact someone but anyways they eventually sold out to empire brewing company and it was owned by this guy named giuseppe montana and that's he, not german that's not german at all <laughs> so he owned uh taxi cab companies in buffalo and he oh, okay. like that brewery was only around for a short period of time because he got wrangled up and was one of the mafiosos that got at the, at the summit meeting there. He was one of those one of those guys. I'm into it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's your side of the world. <laughs> that's my side of the world. Yeah, that's your side of the world. <laughs> oh, you're Italian. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't my tell. Side, my side. <laughs> he even looks Italian. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I don't. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought he looked American because, you know, at I the mean, end of the day, we're all red-blooded Americans. We're all Americans. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. But, I mean, the first time. All you got to do is go to Italy and tell you. Like, my buddy that is, um, you know, he, his family is Italian. They got all, everybody's got cool Italian names. And they go to Italy and he's like, people go, Americans. Yep. 100%. <laughs> my name is Derek. That's not an Italian name. <laughs> yeah, but you, the way you talk, your yeah, phrases. Honestly. I mean, the first time we met, the first thing you said was, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm like, how you doing? So back to Four Mile. The you guys Please. were the first brewery to can its beer that's locally produced, ever. So can you can you expand on? that? I didn't that? even think about that actually. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's since we're talking about facts and fun facts, yeah, yeah. but can you expand on that because that's a pretty big uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to take it in. I don't think you knew that. <laughs> no, I really didn't even think about that. I actually, think about it. I, I guess I did, but I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what do, where do we want to go with it? I think it's it's really cool for us, like the cans. Uh, the reason why we went with cans is, hey, it was kind of in the – it was literally less carbon in, uh, uh, footprint. It also preserves the flavors because of the beer, the integrity of the liquid longer. With us not pasteurizing, you're talking about a light and oxygen-proof receptacle. So it preserves the integrity of our product for a longer period of time. Big, the most important reason why we're using cans right there. Yeah. Okay. So you, so that is a consciousness to use cans instead of bottles because of that? Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. Think about it, too. Uh, you can also ship more, and it uses less uh, resources too. You're, you're, you're less cardboard, less, you know, we're not using glue, you know, think about all the sure. things that we're not using. Yeah. Because weight, weight equals money. Right. And space equals money when it comes to freight and shipping everything LTL. Yeah. You can, so it's about 30% more. Yeah. So if you can cut that down, you're going to save a ton to move double the product. It's, 
from a financial standpoint, it's a very easy decision. But most people don't understand that logistical standpoint before they dive into something. They're like, well, we'll just put it into this. And I always liked bottles, so I'm just going to put my product in bottles, not understanding what that actually entails down the road. So kudos to you guys for knowing that. And what's cool is the evolution. So after I like left the other business, I, I went to a beer store. And man, like right before we opened, I worked for a local beer store and kind of ran his craft beer department over there for a little while. He gave me the reins to run his uh, craft beer department. But uh, I used it as an opportunity to like pay attention to what was going on and, and just the trends of beer. And at that time, it was kind of right when Oscar Blues was – coming out with cans and it was the start of craft beer moving from bottles and going to cans and i just you know when it first happened people were like, i don't want to drink out of a can i mean there was this giant misconception about cans like canned beer is bad beer you know i mean think about it like mm. even now that attitude still it's still pervasive it's out there and people think that way still yeah however it's kind of going away because every craft brewery is slow as moving to cans. They see the value in the cans. It's cool that Oscar Blues took the opportunity to lead the way mm-hmm. and said, hey, you know, we're going to put it in here. I don't care what you say. We know it's better for the product. Yeah. Probably. And eventually the consumer will come around and figure it out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. So for only, and obviously you've collaborated with other local businesses, you have the the beer festival essentially in your beer garden and then what other aspects do you guys do for the local community other than provide great beer and a place to go well we we've always stayed very active in the community uh we we're very you know when it comes to our business we use almost exclusively all local contractors um our tap handles are made by a local guy with wood source from our region oh sweet nice um it's a good touch our, our like the uh, the top part is a a disc. It's a galvanized disc, and that's made at Pierce Steel. Um, in fact, when you go outside, we'll show you the fire pit, also made by Pierce Steel. Our artwork that's on our cans, like this cool guy on the can that that's we, we yeah. want to say that's me. Yeah. But if I was Seth Rossi, <laughs> would it be me? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Seth's getting a lot of plugs in this. I like it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tag him in this. He's got to get tagged in here. Hey, Seth, if you're listening, <laughs> drink some four mile. <laughs> I buy a lot of your products. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Anyways, um, local tattoo artist is doing all of our new artwork on our cans. So we've oh, kind of cool. stepping up our game a little bit. Nice. Uh, Mike Buckley, he owns the underground tattoo shop in town. And I'll tell you what, he does fantastic work. I'm looking to get, some, get him to start working on some of my pieces. So, Isn't it crazy that those people just like walk amongst us? Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, I need you to draw something. And they come up with this elaborate mural, and you're like, well, I mean, yeah, that's what I was kind of going towards, but mine would have been like chicken scratch. It's like this insane artwork. You have, you just got paintings, right? On your Instagram, you just posted that you just got paintings from a local area, right? Uh, I didn't see those, so maybe. Maybe. Sometimes I, you know, I I don't know everything that's going on. It's strange how that works because you just informed me of something yeah, that I didn't I know about. I think of something like waterfalls or something like that. Yeah, I, I believe so. Right? I, uh, I, was, I was deep in the research trying to find the history and all the different good talking points. And then we split responsibilities. It's yeah, we fine. We just, we're just going live. We're, just, we're, we're super professional So here. speaking of your Instagram, you guys are on Instagram. You're yes. also on TripAdvisor. You're mm-hmm. on Facebook. I think our, our, so our media our media guru here, his name's Jared Childs, and he's got us in all kinds of format, you know, stuff that I don't even know anything about, like, you know, okay. TikToks and things that I don't know anything about, <laughs> Snapchats, I, I'm not in, you know, I've got the standards, 
you know, I know the standards like Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram, and then he's got all kinds of different ones. <laughs> I don't know what, what's going on. but <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. so he, he plugs us on all of them, though. I yeah, know that. Good. So what's your what's your handle on Instagram? My handle on Instagram? Is no, there, no, no. The, the 4 Mile Brewing. Oh, 4 Mile I mean, Brewing. Yours, too, yeah. if you want to plug it. Oh, yeah, 4 Mile Brewing. Okay, so 4 Mile Brewing. You want to follow me, it's The Real JB. I mean, The Real JB, perfect. The Real JB. Followed. What else? <laughs> that, 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 that nickname came when I worked at uh, a pizza, a local pizza shop town, uh, Taste the Pizza. Okay. So that, it was a reference to the Slim Shady song. <laughs> I like that. Again, we're not it's dating awesome. you, but that's, that's where we're at. You know, not dating me at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> M's doing good, though. He's, he's, awesome. he's doing all right. He's producing. It's a good yeah. deal. So you guys are on all major social media. Um, you're down in Olean. Your beer is literally almost across the state um, in every major county on our side of the state, right? So Yes, we do 30 counties, 17 in New York, and then 13 in Pennsylvania. So we, we almost make it to Pittsburgh. Our distribution footprint puts us about Hermitage, which is just outside of better reference points, probably Grove City for people. Okay. In that cool. direction. So we cover Erie. And down that way, uh, that's kind of a newer uh, footprint for us. But in, in New York, you know, our strongholds are, you know, there's probably 10 counties where our beer is the strongest in. Okay. Cool. Good deal. And then for your dining experience, um, what were your hours before COVID? And then what are your hours now? So we've, we've kind of, we're open Thursday through Sunday to the public. Uh, before pre-COVID, it was noon to 11 thursday friday saturday and then sunday we did this really good brunch from 10 to 2 and then we'd switch over to the regular menu and kind of run till 9 well now that now that we're in the situation we're in now we're, we're open uh currently noon to 8 uh uh thursday or noon to 9 uh excuse me noon to 9 okay. and then um same with sundays we just okay. they're all the same hours okay awesome good deal yeah well thank you so much we really appreciate you letting us come down and talk to you uh this is four mile brewing uh, anything else to add hey hashtag is 4mb that's that's 4MB. Our, our big hashtag and uh please go out and enjoy our, our products responsibly and thanks for listening to me talk yeah absolutely like cheers, cheers guys. Man. thanks for having me we're absolutely. out Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.